where properties were going for in the hundreds, 80 and up range. And I got this deal for $21,000. Welcome, my friend, to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. And before we get into the show in today's episode, which I know you'll get a lot of value from because we're, we stay out of all the fluffy stuff and we get straight into the good stuff of real estate investing advice, I want to give a quick shout out to today's sponsor, and that's Patch of Land. Uh, they are making this show possible, and they're making tons of flipping projects possible all across the country. If you don't know about Patch of Land, then they are the number one company to go to for uh, projects that you're flipping. Uh, because they have all the money available right now. Um, once you get approved for your your deal and yourself as a sponsor or a borrower, um, you're going to be funded by them. And then they go raise the money through their crowdfunding platform. So you don't have to worry about all that. They'll take care of the, the money and the funding for you. You just have to worry about making sure your project's, project's a success. Uh, they've got something really cool for you. So um, if you are just learning about crowdfunding, uh, they've come up with a guide. It's called the Top 10 Crowdfunding Questions Guide. And they're all the, the questions that you might be asking yourself. And they're all the answers. They don't leave you hanging. They've got answers too. All the answers to those, those 10 crowdfunding questions. So you can go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get that guide. Uh, and if you think you know everything about crowdfunding, I'd check this guide out just in case because there are some interesting aspects that you'll learn. So go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get that guide. Hi, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. I hope you're having a wonderful day and I know your day will be is about to be even more wonderful because we've got a great best ever guest today, Chris Bruce. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing good, Joe. Glad to be on your show. Hey, glad to have you, my friend. Chris is based in Tampa, Florida. He's focused on wholesaling and not only wholesaling. Here's the spin on it. He's focused on virtual wholesaling. So he wholesales in different markets. So we're going to hear about how he does that and how he creates a system around it so that he can spend his time doing the majority of the stuff that he wants to do with his time. He also has a popular podcast called Escape the REI Newbie Zone. So go check that out. And I don't know if I mentioned this, maybe I did. He's based in Tampa, Florida, but he's from Detroit, Michigan, where he grew up. And I was actually, I didn't tell you this, Chris, but I was born in Flint, Michigan, just a stone's throw away from you. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yep. And my grandmother just turned 100 and we celebrated her 100th birthday in Flint, Michigan, where she lives right now. Nice. Nice. Yep. Yeah. So with that being said, Chris, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on? Yeah, sure. Well, Joe, pretty much I actually started in real estate 2009, but let me back up a little bit before then. I actually I always had a business mindset. I was working odd jobs here and there, just kind of making you know ends meet. Uh, sort of say after I moved from Detroit to Tampa, and I actually bought my first rental property in 2006. I bought it in Detroit, Michigan. I didn't know what the hell I was doing, but <laughs> I ended up uh, having that rental for about a year, and then the market was 
tanking. I couldn't afford the mortgage at all. And I couldn't get rid of the asset because I had a $90,000 mortgage that would not sell for $20,000 because the market had started to tank. So pretty much I ended up foreclosing on that property, um, went back to a drum board. I got a job at Bank of America working on the loans in the mortgage industry, as a matter of fact. And I worked there for three years and, you know, it was, it was a low paying job. I was, had a lot of overtime. I was working. I just knew that this wasn't my life. I knew that I didn't want to spend my time every single day working eight, 10 hours a day because I was getting ready to have my uh, first child, which was my only child. And I knew that this is, wasn't something I wanted to do. So quickly I went ahead and I was searching online, ran across a, a guy that was in my market doing uh, wholesaling and it, it resonated with me. So I checked everything out. Um, I actually begged my girlfriend at the time to um, put the course uh, because it cost a thousand dollars and I didn't have that money to put it on her credit card. And uh, we began to start getting into wholesaling REO properties in 2009. And that was kind of my entry level into real estate. Wow. Okay. That's interesting. So your girlfriend's thousand dollars on her credit card to buy a wholesaling course. Whose course was it? It was Preston Ely. It was a REO rock star. <laughs> okay, nice. And what'd you learn from that? What was the takeaway? Well, the takeaway was definitely about building relationships. Uh, in order for you to get these REOs in a competitive market like Tampa is really building the, the uh, relationships with the different agents, real estate agents that had these listings and basically just not really, you can't really butter them up, but there was certain ways that you could just talk with them and kind of make them comfortable with you and giving you a chance to make an offer on the listings before other people, other investors were. So that was kind of the takeaway I got, was able to build that relationship with them. I was able to actually get some offers in on some pocket listings that other investors didn't know about before they came out with building those relationships. What's the best way that you found to build the relationships? Like, how do you approach it? If, if you know there's a real estate agent that you want to meet, what do you do? Well, I would say what I would do is basically I would offer them a coffee at Starbucks, possibly. A lot of times I would just send like a gift card to the office and I would basically talk to them about basically just saying that, hey, look, I'm a new investor, not new to investing, excuse me, but I'm new uh, to investing in this area. And I would basically just tell them that I'm looking to quickly hit the ground running. I want to buy a lot of properties. I want to get a lot of these real estate listings off your books and make you a lot of money. I'm not looking to take any of your commissions, but I'm looking to you know, help you move a lot of those listings off your books and uh, get you paid quickly and fast. So as I explained to them you know, how I could help them and that you know, I was looking to quickly get up to buying five to 10 properties a month, I kind of just you know, told them that you know, I would also, in the retrospect, as I'm getting uh, other properties from you know, other avenues, maybe some private sellers, if I got those listed, uh, those, excuse me, owners that I couldn't be able to buy their property at a good price, I would send those referrals to them for free. So as by doing business with me, not only am I going to help get these listings and, and these deals, you know, off your books, but I'm also going to send you free leads. So that was like a win-win solution for a listing agent that I'm not going to take their commissions. They're going to get free leads and I'm going to help make the money by closing on the deals that they have listed. So, yes, it doesn't sound like that would take too many Starbucks gift cards to convince someone. Not even. The Starbucks gift card was more the thing just to get me in the door sometimes. 
because some of the top agents, you know, they you had to work a little bit more. You know, they had a lot of listings. They were working with some other investors. And so I had to do a little bit more than just try to get on the phone with them or send an email because I had sent emails to some of them. And I didn't get any responses back. <laughs> so I yep. said, you know what? Most people love coffee. So I think that this might work. <laughs> what would the note say? When I, and would you have contacted them prior to sending them the Starbucks gift card? And how much was the gift card? Yeah, definitely. I would definitely, I contacted them before. And I only did it for the ones that, like I said, were a little bit harder to get into contact with. You know, so I tried to do it. was, a, I guess it was a little bribing somewhat, but I would send them a $25 gift card. And in the note, I would just say, I would love to speak with you and look forward to helping you make some more money in your business. And I would tell them to give me a call and I'll leave my number or I'll say simply you can email me. And so I just wanted to get the conversation started. You know, I know that I had to display that I'm here to be of value to them. One thing I've always learned is that when you're needing help from someone, you never have your hand out. You never come to them and ask them what they can do for you. You want to be of a service and find out and let them know, excuse me, of how you can help them. And when you come to someone like that with your hands out, you know, a lot of people are not going to want to help you. But if you come the opposite of coming as you're trying to help them, you'll get their eyebrows raised and they're going to be more willing to listen to you and see what you uh, have to offer. Oh, yeah. I love that. Do you have an example of another scenario where you've taken that approach where when you needed help from someone, you never had your you didn't have your hand out, but instead you told them how you could help them? Yeah, sure. I also uh, have, you know, um, a real estate. We do a little training not even I can say little. We do a lot of training actually on the training and mentoring side for of the business to several students across the country. And before I got into having, uh, I guess this all planned out in detail, which I love helping people. I've had uh, a situation where someone came to me and they wanted to get started in real estate investing. And you know, of course, I know that my time is valuable. At the time. I didn't really look at it as me trying to make some money. So someone came to me um, with, you know, wanting some help in real estate investing, wanting some information on how they could get started in wholesaling. And of course, I could have told them, you know, hey, you know, what are you going to give me like, you know, for my time? But instead, we actually sat down. uh, I went to lunch with them. We sat down for about, I want to say, an hour and a half. And I basically gave him a game plan of everything he needed to do to get started. You know, um, and, and at the end of the meeting, I didn't ask him for any type of money. I didn't ask him for anything to, you know, recoup of my time. I felt good that I was able to give him a game plan. And because I felt that he was very ambitious, I felt that he really was hungry for this information and really ready to get started. And I would say about two or three months later, he came back to me and told me that he had closed his first deal and he wanted to give me $1,000 of that money just for helping him. I didn't ask for anything or anything like that, but he ended up giving me money because he felt bad because I had spent the time with him and gave him the advice that he knew pretty much changed his life, you know, having a business now. So I can say that that's kind of one of the scenarios that I can say that I wasn't really looking for any type of monetary gain at the time or anything like that. But me helping someone out eventually landed me, you know, in this retrospect, a thousand dollars for an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good hourly rate. 
most of the doctors who are listening would be jealous. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. So, so now you're, you're doing wholesaling and you're doing the virtual wholesaling as, as you told me earlier before we start recording. What is virtual wholesaling and how do you set it up so that you're able to do it? Because here, here's the key question I have. How do you know how to value a property in a market that you're not in um, or familiar with or perhaps you are familiar with it and that's not a correct assumption but i come across wholesalers who have properties who that who don't live in that market and they're not familiar with it so you know it's just it's impossible for me to evaluate um, because you know they they don't have the market knowledge and i'm you know if i'm just getting familiar with the market then i'm having a hard time evaluating it as well yeah i agree and i can tell you that one of the first things that i always do before i go into any new market is do the market research. So one of the first things I always like to do is I like to find out, I like to study the competition. I like to find out the movers and shakers in the market. And I do that quickly by going on Craigslist and looking for some of the investors that are advertising their properties. So that's one of the things I do. And then I actually get on every single buyer's list that I can find. So each wholesaler or investor that is advertising a property in the for sale section by owner on Craigslist, I usually will email them to get on their list. If they have a website, which a lot of times now has changed because of Craigslist, they don't let you hyperlink anything. But that was another strategy I do. I would call them and you know tell them that I have some buyers that are interested in properties and just pretty much just get them to put me on their list. The second thing I would do is I would find a realtor. So I would go on and I would search you know, on Google to find some realtors in that area. And I would just cold call them. You know, I, I want to find a realtor that has some experience of working with an investor previously. And I kind of would go through the spiel of, hey, look, you know, I'm not, you know, new to investing, but I'm new to this area. However, you know, I'm getting a lot of deals that are coming out pipeline that I can't be able to buy myself because they're sometimes priced out of my range. And I just offer them, you know, the opportunity to go ahead and send them these leads for free. I'll tell them I don't want anything or anything like this. But if you could do me one favor and I would ask them to send, I'll say, you know, I would tell them that I'm, I'm looking to also buy properties if they have any listings or anything like that. But I would tell them in order for me to do this, you know, I would need to know kind of the price ranges. So if you could send me a list of the recent cash sales and in the past 90 days, you know, th this, me having MLS access here in Tampa, I know it doesn't take that much of time to do. Uh, so I would ask them to do this for me quickly. I've probably got maybe turned down twice, maybe three times at max uh, for someone to do it. Out of how many calls? Um, I would say for every, I want to say 15 to 20 calls, maybe three of them will say no. But I mean, all I need is one in that particular area. You know, all I need is that one person to say yes. And the good thing is that if you find an investor, I mean, an agent that is working and you giving them the benefits of you sending them leads and they don't have to necessarily be the top agent. That's a good thing, too. I want to mention for our listeners, you don't have to find an agent that's the top agent when you're getting to a new market. It's also actually might even be better finding an agent that doesn't have that much experience because now you're going to be able to build a relationship with, with them and be able to build up your business and help build up theirs as well, too. So if you find an up and coming agent and, you know, they're willing to work with you, you can be able to get, 
you know, if you if you can build a relationship with them, you can even maybe get an assistant login, which I've gotten from agents to their MLS, or you can easily just, you know, ask them to send you that list of the cash uh, past um, the past cash sales in the past 90 days. And that's kind of what I've done to be able to do my market research from there. Now, going forward, after I get that list, I want to get and break down the hottest zip codes. I, I mark down all of the price ranges, bids and babs. And kind of have this, you know, graphic. What would you say? Bibs and babs? Beds and babs. <laughs> oh, beds and babs. Okay, what? <laughs> beds and babs. Okay, got it. Beds and babs and square feet. And kind of just break everything down as far as in the zip codes of what those price ranges are. Just so I can kind of be familiar a little bit, you know, with, with, with the area. But I can tell you that getting that MLS access, which I've gotten to get, I've pretty much gotten on every single market. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer than, than others. I mean, once you have MLS access, you can pretty much kiss your your problems when it comes to analyzing a deal. Goodbye. And so how are you able to kind of keep, how many markets are you in? Let's start there. How many wholesale markets do you have a system in? Three. Three currently right now. And you're based in Tampa. So what are those three markets? Well, Tampa, of course, I'm still doing some investing here uh, in the Tampa market, of course. And we'll talk about that a little bit later on how to set virtual business doesn't necessarily have you have to be away in a different market but just setting up a business where you can remotely work virtually but the other two markets is uh, jacksonville florida all right and i'm also doing some stuff out in orlando um, and some other areas like apopka which is like some cities outside of uh, orlando surrounding areas around there so whenever you're setting it up so let's talk about the virtual aspect of it what do you have in place that makes it virtual well, one of the things is definitely having somebody on the ground, boots on the ground. OK, some people, you know, have different terms of, of what they call these different people. Uh, but you want to have someone that is actually, you know, on the ground. I call them acquisitions manager, more of, of someone that can be able to go out, view these properties, you know, put lock boxes on the properties when needed, be able to get contracts signed, be able to go in, take a lot of pictures Okay, that that's going to be key to your virtual market is that since you're not there, you're going to have to have someone that you can actually pay. Now, I went out and found these people from different ways. And I can tell you one of the best ways to do it to find people is that a lot of people are looking for money. A lot of people are in need of money. And you'd be surprised of how many odd jobs you can find on Craigslist. And so I put out an ad on Craigslist in the gigs labor section. Okay, for those of you who go to labor's gig section on, on Craigslist, I put an ad out there looking for someone to be able to take pictures of a property. Okay, take pictures and video when necessary. And pretty much pay them twenty-five to thirty dollars per house. And that's where I've been able to find my uh, I guess you can say acquisitions manager in these different markets. And um do you pay them anything else? What are their response? You, you mentioned view, put lockboxes, take pictures. Are they doing all that stuff for $25 or do you pay them 25 bucks for the initial trip and then you have different payments set up later? Right. Yeah. Initially, it'll just be $25 just to get the pictures and video of the property. Now, if they are someone that seems that they want more work, they actually want more responsibility, they're looking for more full time you know, position and, and then I will offer them a deal split of giving them not 50-50, but I would give them 15% of the deal on the profits when we close. 
So the additional things like getting a lot box on the property or maybe showing a buyer the, the, the property, you know, doing some additional things, even putting up banded signs, then that's what will relate to them getting the 15% on the back end once it closes. How many do you have in each market? Right now, I just have one in Jacksonville. And then I have, and, and, and let me also mention this too. You don't necessarily have to have this person that you paid to go to photos. In Jacksonville, I have acquisition manager, but I also have a joint venture partner. Okay. So my joint venture partner, which is another investor as well too, which pretty much sells all the properties that I get. He also does the legwork of going to view the properties as well too. Um, so that's another thing you can do instead of a virtual market is that you're probably going to do a lot of 50-50 deals in some of these markets on your virtual markets. Um, but you can also get another investor and have them pretty much be the boots on the ground and you kind of be the person that just actually finds the deals. Uh, so that's kind of the setup I have in Jacksonville. Now in the Orlando um, and market, I have uh, two people out there and then I have one, one guy in Tampa. That makes a lot of sense. You've got uh, you got different team members, um, all serving kind of the same purpose, but uh, different levels of partnership depending on your relationship with them and and what you're you're looking to do in the market. Right, Chris. What's your best real estate investing advice ever? Best real estate investing advice ever, I would say, is go out there, build relationships and start to make offers on properties. Um, if you're not making offers, you're not making any money. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Yes, I'm ready. All right, first a quick word from our best ever partners. Crowdfunding, you've heard about it. Now it's time for you to learn about it. Our best ever sponsor today, Patch of Land, they're the leading expert in the crowdfunding space and they've got all the answers to all of your crowdfunding questions. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-A-N-D.com forward slash best ever. Chris, what's the best ever book you've read? Best ever book. Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. What's the best ever personal growth experience and what did you learn from it? Oh, best personal growth experience. I would say uh, losing everything and starting from ground zero. Doing that probably was one of the best things that happened for me because it allowed me to realize that I shouldn't be heavy materializing uh, on, on the material things in this world and I should focus on my purpose. Um, and so it realigned me with my goals and my purpose in life. So I can say that that was one of the personal growths that I had and losing everything was actually good. <laughs> Who's the best ever influence in your life? Mm. That's, I would say uh, my peer group. Um, I, I have a peer group of friends that uh, are, are, are very successful, and um, I would say that they're very influential uh, in my life. Best ever deal you've done? Best ever deal I've done uh, was a deal that I didn't spend any money on marketing, and I made $32,131 on. So w let's talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? I'm speechless. I don't know why I can't spit it out. <laughs> I'm speechless. I'm going to tell you this. It was actually, oh, this is a funny story. It was actually a, a, a girl that I used to, I guess we could kind of say dating somewhat. And we always kept in contact even though we, we, we stopped dating or whatever. And one day she, you know, saw that I was buying properties on Facebook. She reached out to me on social media and said that her father had a property. She was very embarrassed of the property. 
very embarrassed of the, the situation with the house and almost she didn't end up even telling me about it because she was so embarrassed. The property was so bad. Her dad was a hoarder. Um, it was a lot of, lot of stuff. Actually, before I even went to the property, he made sure that I wore some different uh, messed up shoes and different pants because it was so nasty in the house. It was a room in there that hadn't been, he hadn't been in there in three years. And he owned his property for over 18 years. Long story short, we were able to negotiate a very, very great deal in a very prestigious area in Tampa, South Tampa, where properties were going for in the hundreds, 80 and up range. And I got this deal for $21,000. Got it. Yeah, so I ended up wholesaling that to another investor. I made $32,131. The guy that partnered with me, he made $5,000. And then we flipped it to another investor and he turned around and flipped it to someone else and made another 11 or 15 grand, I believe. So it was a pretty good deal for everybody. What's the best ever way you like to give back? The best way I like to give back is doing what you're doing right now, um, is, is, is getting on a podcast and uh, just educating what's uh, people that is what's out there for them, you know, if they apply this information. And what's the best ever place to reach you? The best place to reach me is Facebook. Reach out to me on Facebook. You can just type in uh, Chris Bruce. I should pop up um, or you can just go to Facebook.com forward slash Detroit Mobile. You, you find me. All right. Well, Chris, thank you for being on the show and telling us all about your your story and giving us your advice and talking about how you approach virtual wholesaling. Some of the takeaways that I wrote down. One is this is a life lesson for anybody, any investor, regardless of what we're doing, is when you need help from someone, you never, ever, 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 ever have your hand out to them. You let them know how you can help them. And it it takes a little bit more thinking to do that. But when we approach it that way, we are definitely having a leg up because we're able to flip the script on them. And um, and it's likely that we're going to get a better response. And then talking about how when you go to new market, you do the market research, you go on Craigslist, your approach where you get on everybody's buyers list. I'm sure you have a separate email account oh, for that. <laughs> um, and you also get a realtor and, and have a build a relationship with them, learn the market through the past 90 days of cash sales, and then how you uh, structure it on the ground with the acquisitions manager, JV partner. So thanks so much for being on the show and sharing your advice. And we'll talk to you soon. All right. Appreciate it.